0: And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets green mountain pellet grills are the top of the line best of the best but not the highest in price and be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs sauces and pellets for the green mountain grill all on their website visit greenmountaingrills.com to peruse the entire products portfolio and buy barbecuer's delight wood pellets two-thirds oak one-third flavor wood giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet succulent smoke, you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuers Delight, which is BBQRSDelight.com.
1: This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut, and you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue
2: and grilling, all the time.
0: Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh, yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Recently proclamated as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Took forever to do it, but finally it is. Next week in a post. Hey, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do it one of two ways. Toll-free call 877 448 You can also email the show if you want to. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with the show. If you haven't done so already, head on over to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage, thebbqcentralshow.com. And sign up for the newsletter so you can get a heads up on what's happening each and every evening on the show. If you don't follow my tweets or Facebook or whatever, you just like to... If you don't do any social media, you just want to get that email blast. It comes out at 3 p.m. each and every Tuesday. Hook up for it now, thebbqcentralshow.com. Over at the top right, it says sign up for newsletter. Pop your email address in there and you are good to go. I don't spam or anything like that. I'm not selling your email addresses for bags and bags of cash yet. Maybe later. Here's what's happening on the show, in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, Jay Reeder, the pitmaster of 420Q, recently won, well, recently like this past weekend, won the Sam's Qualifier in Pittspuke, Pennsylvania, better known as Pittsburgh. Of course, as you're from Cleveland like me, you have a deep, viral virile hatred of the pitts pukers. Get that big stuff out of he's not from there, so he's allowed to come on the show. So we're going to talk to him and recap that event. 35 past the hour, a uh, fairly regular contributor to the show, a guy who watched the uh, writes the Washington Post Smoke Signals blog, Jim Shaheen joins me. We'll be talking about some uh, Chicago-style barbecue as well as a barbecue and grilling legend to some. Definitely a Pioneer in the industry, Stephen Reichlin, so we'll be talking about him as well. Second hour, a popular, reoccurring guest of the show, Meathead joins us. So we pack one for sure. Strap in for that. 877 Greg at the BBQ Survey Tuesday. Question number one uh, Should competition barbecue be open to all kinds of fuels when it comes to cookers, i.e., gas? electric, uh, and so on, since we're using those pit temperature control devices and pellet cookers with those very cool electronic, there's a word for the uh, system that they use that I can't remember right off the top of my head. I want to say thermostatic control or something like that. That's probably not it. Uh, So should it be open to all cookers? Question number two, what's your favorite meat to grill? Not to barbecue. We're talking high heat grilling. Favorite meat to grill. Question number three. They just wrapped up on Sunday. Your most memorable Olympic moment for you. You let me know. I'll let you know. All right. Let me briefly recap. Last week at this time, we had Andy Rabinowitz, who bought the Barbecue Central form off of me for a large, substantial bags and bags of cash. Uh, The transition over to their servers, the new skin, uh, their whole new setup is now in place, much to the dismay of some. One in particular making a very large a-hole out of himself, but that's what he does. So he'll either snap out of it and get banned. I'm not in charge of that anymore, so I cannot reach out to you and counsel you in any way from going over the edge, making yourself look like a tool in front of thousands of people, and then getting yourself banned forever from a forum that you've been a part of and because you don't like the fact that now there is uh, advertisements on there or the new skin or whatever is it ba 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 look let's be honest whatever is free nowadays has some type of sponsorship on the show you get to listen to this show for free because i have uh, sponsors that are willing to give me their money to put their products in place this is how it works google mail Sponsored Facebook ad sponsored. All the big barbecue central forums ad sponsored. So look, this is just part of the game, uh, and and that is their business model, which I of course completely support. I am pro profit, not a dirty word where I come. From. Uh, so that has pretty much been completely done. They're working out some bugs on uh, the software itself in relation to you know some things are going to set up specifically for the Barbecue Central forum. Uh, but all that is done. So if you haven't been over there, go ahead, jump over, uh, join if you haven't already. It's the uh, well, it's thebbqcentral.com. dot com. No show at the end. Just thebbqcentral.com. dot com. Or you can do bbq dash the numeral four dash the letter u. dot com. What happened there? What? Yeah. A dog? Mm-hmm. Get the guns. Get that big stuff here. Dogs are perverts. They're trying to grab my wife's butt, but who would? Come here, show that butt. Come on. Come over here. Everybody wants to see that butt. Look at that. Oh, my. Oh, I meant show your butt. I see that. <laughs> not, the, not the hooch. hey So anyway, jump over there if you haven't. Take part in a very unique barbecue... Forum and a very unique uh, group of people, especially now a little hot. BBQ the numeral four letter U.com. A uh, quick note from the guys over at Green Mountain Grill uh, Jason Baker and the crew will be at The Nugget, which is the biggest outlet to the public every year that they go to. Now, to put a little bit of perspective, about 650,000 people will descend on Reno, Nevada for this event. It runs from August 29th, so just in a couple weeks from now, till September 3rd. And the Green Mountain Grill guys and gals will be showing off the cookers all week, eating some great food, hanging out. They'll tell you about the cookers if you need so. If you want to get more info on this event, especially if you are nearby or you really like great barbecue and you would like to see GMG in action, then go to the NuggetRibCookoff.com. That's NuggetRibCookoff.com. Now, here's another thing I just posted on Facebook. I've gotten a, a minute number of potential interested things here. I'm thinking of doing a new segment on the show. Now, I'm not soliciting ideas for guests or anything like that, but the concept is this. I wanna, If you listen to a, sports, a syndicated sports talk show called Colin Cowherd or In the Herd, Colin Cowherd uh, hosts the show. He does this thing called Spanning the Globe, and I think they do it once a week I would like to, or every day. I would like to do it once a week where maybe we could get four or five regular contributors scattered throughout the country. And each week they'll bring up a topic. Could be about anything that has to do with barbecue and grilling in any industry. It doesn't have to be about, um, you know, their region or their product or whatever. And they get a couple quick minutes to do a quick report. Uh, They would obviously let me know in advance so I can introduce them. And then, boom, they do quit hit. We hang up with XYZ in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then we go to Florida, and then we go to California, and then we go to Omaha, and we go to Maine. And we do that for a segment each week to kind of pass along even more information that is being disseminated already on the show. So if you think that you can, A, make a weekly commitment to the show right around the 935 Eastern Standard Time segment, now sometimes it would probably get moved to the 10 o'clock hour because we might have a guest that needs to take up two segments – but if you think you can make that commitment, email me, greg at the BBQ Central show.com We can hook up through Skype. We can also hook up just through phone lines if that would be more convenient for you. Maybe you travel a lot. We still want to take part in the show. Uh, it would be a really unique thing where you could, maybe you want to follow uh, specific competitions. That could be your hit each and every week. You pick out a competition you want to follow, you give some results, some fun facts, or maybe you know you want to talk about beef or maybe you want to talk about a cooker or something that you just tried out. I'm looking probably for four or five people to be able to do between two and three minutes of uh, talk on their particular segments. So if you're interested, email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. That's greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. All right. Now, we're going to be talking about some Sam. Oh, let me do this quick, quick reminder here before we get to the first guest. If you subscribe to the show on iTunes or if you have an iTunes account, uh, find the show, which is uh, you just search BBQ Central Radio Show and I should just show right up there. And if you haven't done so already, review the show. Give me a re- if you give me a five star rating. I'm not telling you what to give me, but five star ratings could potentially get this show put on the iTunes homepage and featured Uh, but the more reviews I can get and the more five-star reviews I can get uh, the more the show will grow and get out there in the public grow breathe live whatever so please I'm not you know begging you to do it but if you could find a few minutes to get to the iTunes do a review on the show tell me what you like tell me what you don't like And give it a five-star review. That would be great. I feel like I'm back selling cell phones again. Uh, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email address. All right, gang, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Look, I think we can pretty much agree that there are unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the interwebs. I know we can all agree on that, but sometimes you're looking for a barbecue and grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over, or the next town over from that, your options have now become limited, and you're either forced to go online and buy that item or you're just going to have to go without. So that internet grip starts to set in, the hands start to sweat, your neck tightens. You've been screwed on the internet before. You don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money we're talking about spending, and you need to feel confident that the company you're buying from is honest and fair, and that's where Fred Bernardo... And the gang over Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply comes in. They will relieve you of your internet buying stress. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All the items that you see on FREB's website are in stock. And they are ready to ship to you directly. Now maybe there's other places on the internet that you can find the item cheaper. But are you 100% confident that you're actually going to get the items you buy? How long is it going to take to ship to you? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% assured. That's why when you buy from Tatsy Lakes Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store and they ship to you promptly. Everything in the store is priced fairly as well. Hell, if you're a dealer and you want to make a Shanghai deal with Fred, he's a businessman, give him a call. I'm sure you guys can work something out on your own. Tatsy Lakes carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. You're almost doing this two-for-one, shopping at a sponsor and buying sponsors' products. The best of both worlds, undeniably. And don't forget that Tasty Licks has their own line of barbecue sauces and rubs as well. Be sure to try those. Here's the bottom line. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com and let the confidence exude from your little fingertips as you make your purchases online and then enjoy the items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well if you need the technical support and help. Licks. BBQ.com. That's Tasty BBQ.com. All right, we're coming back with Jay Reader, a 420Q to talk about his win at the Sam's Club qualifier in Pitts Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, 14 past the hour, 877 448 greg at bbqcentralshow.com is the email address. Uh, my first guest tonight, fresh off a win at the Sands Club Local Qualifier, which took place in one of the worst cities ever, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're also 23rd overall in the chicken category in KCBS this year. Here to recap the weekend is the Pit Master of 420Q. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and pull up Jay Reader joining me here on the show. Jay, how are you, bud? that <laughs> big stuff out of here! That we don't have a fast enough internet connection for the iPad. Just a guess. There's a problem between you and the internet. Okay, don't worry. Let's just do a regular call. Let's do the regular call. And... Uh, Jake. Hey, Greg, can you hear me? I yeah. can hear you. Yes, I can. Thanks for joining me. Is everything uh, all right on your end, you fair. think? Hey, do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and uh, instant message me your landline phone number. Because uh, I don't think this is going to work out too well. Uh,
4: I guess so yeah. I'm not.
0: Yeah, uh... I think the internet connection isn't going to be uh, uh, as uh, as hey, fast. Message,
4: uh, number four. Yeah,
0: just go ahead and uh, shoot me that number, and then I I'll gotcha. give you I'll give you a call back. It's a message. Okay. Right. So he's got the uh, technical wizard kid over there helping him out. <laughs> Jeff Northcut. Weighing in, uh, one, whatever, so that's yes. Uh, Two, tri-tip is his favorite meat to grill. Three, Horton in gymnastics in 2008.
1: Boomer (laughs) Sooner.
0: That wasn't this year, Jeff. That was not this year. Uh, Big Wainer doesn't bother me one way or the other, so he's okay for any type. Uh, Two, burgers is his favorite to grill. U.S. women's soccer match versus Canada. All right, so let me do this. I'm going to copy this number. I'm going to go and end this, and then I'm going to call him. Now, here's the good news. Being a diligent person, I found a a picture of Jeff.
4: Hello, it's Jay. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. I think uh, just the Internet uh, wireless connection hampered us a little bit, uh, so there we go. Uh, but great to have you aboard, nonetheless. In lo- just in case, I did go off the internets and pull a Google image of you and who I'm guessing is your wife, uh, showing that you're going to be out at some event uh, upcoming. I forget exactly what it was, but uh, both of you look spectacular in this, so I appreciate it. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, w- we'll get to the competition here in a second, Jay. And Of course, I'm endlessly fascinated with how teams choose their names. Yours is definitely unique, perhaps a little eyebrow-raising to some. Uh, where do you come up with the name 420Q?
4: Well, the 420Q came from uh, the, the restaurant name is Hemp and Hill Barbecue, so who's down there? It, Very uh, tough.
0: It's uh, Hemp and Hill Barbecue, so you guys are in the in, in the business of barbecue as it were.
4: That is, yes. That is, that is uh, our livelihood, yes, sir.
0: All right, so when did you decide to get into the competition side of things? What was the driving force?
4: Uh, you know, quite honestly, it was about three years ago, and, uh, there's a local competition down here in West Virginia, uh, called Picking in the Panhandle, mm-hmm. and, uh, we kept receiving information about it, my wife finally coaxed me into sort of taking a leap, and she said, you know, you got the kind of stuff, I think, that, you know, you can get down here and hang out with these boys, uh, and so I went down and, uh, met a great guy in, uh, Tom Houston from Checkered Pig, and, um... Uh, Talked with him and conversed with him, and was that you know our site was beside each other, and I pretty much got my butt whooped down there. But uh, <laughs> you know it was the little the little fever got in me. <laughs> so you've
0: been doing about three years now. You said the competing,
4: that is correct, yes, sir. All
0: right. So how long have you been in the in the business of barbecue with the restaurant? Uh,
4: we've been catering for about eight years, and the restaurant is out at five and a half right now.
0: Wow, okay, so uh, catering led to the uh, restaurant business, which finally led to competition. Usually it seems to, to work out that way with a lot of the you know, independently owned businesses, you know, competition, you get out there, you kind of show your name on a little bit. Um, so let's go ahead and recap the event in Pittsburgh uh, first, Jay, and we'll break down the individual meets here in just a second, but, you know, just as an overall sense of, you know, the setting, where you're at, was there anything that you had to contend with that maybe you didn't plan for this event?
4: Uh... Well, I was running a little late getting up there, uh, so I actually ended up being the last team getting in. Uh, my uh, footprint, as I call it, is very small anyway. I used two easy-ups, uh, the Jambo uh, pit, and you know my pickup truck as the anchor weight to keep my uh, easy-ups from trying to blow around so much. And two tables inside, and like I said, real, real small and light. So <laughs> I knew getting in there, setup wouldn't be much of a problem. So I'm not having to jockey any kind of big rigs in. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, we got up and trimmed a – well, I should say we, but it's just I, uh, trimmed my meats, got everything going. It was kind of a sunny day, a little bit windy and kind of gusty. And beyond that, pretty nice evening. I uh, socialized with a couple teams right around there, and I actually didn't know a whole lot of the teams that were up there.
0: Jay, are you a solo team pretty much?
4: I, I am, yeah. I, I run by myself. I, I do it all myself. Every now and then I'll carry my uh, son or my daughter with me and have those two as a runner and help with the setup and the teardown. But for the most part, in between all that, you know, it it, it it's all me, you know, with the prep, the, you know, anywhere, you know the whole stage through trim, you know, all the prep, all the seasoning, um, and then move into, of course, the cook and up and down all night, uh, run that stick burner.
0: You look at some of the other teams that have 2, 4, 10, 15 different teammates on there um, or at least one other teammate on there. Did you ever think that it would benefit you at all to have at least one other person that might have some semblance of barbecue pit mastery under their belt that would help you or because you have done it solo pretty much out of the gate, adding somebody else might actually be a detractor than a benefit?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting point you bring up there because, uh, yeah, I've taken – some close friends with me that have assisted you know at the restaurant and on the catering side and just two good friends that we've campfire cooked around and honestly it ends up being more of a detraction to me because i i sort of get you know off my timelines and my game plan (laughs) that i have in my own head because there's a lot of questions and they you know they want to know what's going on and why is this and why is that but it uh I found that pretty much that when I run solo, I do better, and that's why the kids are good, because I can pretty much just tell them to sit in the corner and <laughs> go go play or something and use them when I need them.
0: Jay Reeder, pitmaster of 420Q, joining me here on the show. All right, Jay, so let's go ahead and recap the meets here, and we'll start as they call them out for awards, and that would be chicken. You get a second overall, which obviously is a phenomenal finish, especially out of the number of teams that were there. Uh, how did the chicken come off to you? Were you happy with the turn in, do you think it was second place chicken?
4: Yeah, um, you know, my chicken, you know, I've been really, really cooking the chicken well this year. Um, it, it, it's had pretty much all the competitions, had everything I've, I've wanted to see in it. Uh, the moisture's been there. Uh, my flavor profiles that I, I sort of like are are always seem to be in you know, running real consistent. And, um, you know, the moisture is one thing I really look for and all that. And, of course, you know, the bite through uh, and tenderness comes behind all that but um it really pleased with chicken cooks so far this year i've taken a couple lumps here and there but for the most part i've been pretty consistent all year long with getting <clears throat> excuse me uh getting some you know some good calls
0: do you use like an injection or do you brine your chicken at all
4: i do not actually the 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 you know some of the people around me and that that know me and that they kind of laugh because I, I typically won't trim my chicken till about six thirty in the morning and prep <laughs> it uh that way for the, the cook later, a little later on in the morning
0: Wow, uh, alright, so second overall which is great, so you got some momentum going forward in the next three meets, uh, next up is ribs you get a fifth overall, so again the, you know, top ten finish is uh, awesome, probably what you're looking for, uh, how did the ribs come off for you, did they feel like fifth place ribs, or perhaps better or worse
4: You know, honestly, they, they felt they, they weren't bad, I wasn't overly uh, pleased with them, I guess we'd say they had they had a good bite uh, they were a little misshapen, uh, just the way they the way they ended up cook cooking. I had them trimmed, but sometimes they just want to twist and turn on you a little bit. So I was kind of I was working trying to find just that there's perfect, you know, four for the bottom and four for the top is how I place out. And uh, it was just one of those situations where you know I dug around. I got the I got the four, you know, the four for the bottom that looked real good, and then the four for the top that even shined out a little better. And uh moved those on in, and like I said, I had a good bite. Uh, my overall profile was there um, once again, but that's just you know a matter of just you know some on the table tweaking so to say
0: all right so second and chicken fifth and ribs you get the pork no question here you take the category overall so first place uh, is this some of the the best pork that you've made or were you surprised that you got the first call on that
4: you know it's uh it, it pork has been my achilles here all, all year long i I've really struggled with pork. Um, and just trying to find the consistent um, profile that I really enjoy and that seems to hit with the judges. So I've been sort of dialing it in for the last four cooks and was doing pretty well with the profile and the flavors, I thought. And uh, quite honestly, it really surprised me, and, and it was, that was almost the highlight of the, well, to that point, it was the highlight of the, of the contest, you know, because that was first-place call. I hadn't received a first-place call since uh, in pork since last year, uh, well, 2011, down in Pensacola.
0: Jay Reeder joining us here on the show, Pitmaster 420Q. As you <coughs> go to the last category, which, of course, is always brisket. You get a sixth overall, I and mean, given the finishes of where you at for the previous three, six has probably got to feel pretty good. Do you use you know those Wagyu briskets or the prime briskets, or are you just a choice guy, or where are you at on that, and how did the brisket feel to you turning it in?
4: Uh, well, as far as the question is the product I use, uh, I do cook the Wagyu. I also cook Creekstone product. Uh, both I find very satisfactory. They they cook different. They definitely have a different, uh, you know, timeline and, you know, a tenderness feel based, you know, on temperatures and that kind of thing. Um, as far as the overall cook of that product, uh, I wasn't really pleased with the tenderness, but it didn't show in my scores. Um, With that being said, you know, the flavor I thought was there wasn't quite as beefy what I had last week down in Dillard when I was down in Dillard, Georgia, that cook. I really enjoyed the the, the brisket I'd made down in Dillard. I thought it was a whole lot better than what I put out last week, but it didn't score as well. Um, But, you know, week to week, and, um, you know, so they put the best stuff in the box, and the result wasn't a six, which. You know, it wasn't wasn't bad. It was, you know, uh, it was a little better than what I thought, to tell you the truth.
0: All right. So, you know, as they're starting to do the overall calls uh, for the Sam's Club event, I don't know if you were marking out low and slow. They had three calls overall. They, gi- they missed in ribs. Were you keeping track of them, or did you think that you pretty much had it locked up after you had that six overall brisket call?
4: Uh, no, actually, uh, you know, I'm sitting, I was probably 20 feet away from uh, – Low and slow, and they were kind of looking at me, and I was looking at them, grinning. And, and, and you know, they'd received a first-place in chicken and a first in brisket, yeah. and that third in pork. So i was sitting there, kind of, kind of trying to do the math in my mind. But you know, I'm one of those kind of just believe that, uh, you know, it'll come to you when it comes to you. And I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, worst case, you know, at, at this point in time, I'm a reserve champion and not the grand champion. And then some of that math sometimes confuses me. And uh, not knowing where they placed the ribs, um, you know, quickly. I couldn't put it all together. So I was like, well, you know, we'll see what comes out. And they got down to it, and Troy called out uh, low and slow for the reserve. And after he had stated that our scores were, you know, two higher scores, and pretty much, you know, we'd, I guess we'd both, both scores are pretty much blown away the rest of the competition
0: yeah I mean between even first and second I mean you're almost six points ahead of low and slow so they did finish a little bit farther down on the ribs uh, overall you know when you get that call for grand championship you know what are some of the thoughts that go through your mind you know even after getting that first and pork
4: oh well, yeah I mean obviously it's a it's a feeling of elation and you know you 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 feel your hard work's paid off And uh, some of the contests early in the year that uh, you know I'd cooked real well at and I'd just missed and uh, you know ended up you know sixth or eighth or that kind of stuff and because the category sort of weighed you down, Um, you know, it sort of takes all that away and you you have that big smile on your face, obviously. And of course, it's somewhat of a payday. Uh, You know, we like to think that we make money at this, you know, at this game or this uh, competition (laughs) level, but we all know between traveling and the the product and everything else, you know, we're doing this for the love of it and not so much the, uh, you know, there's some people I guess are trying to do it for a living, but. I'm not sure quite how they make any money at it, you know, based on what I know in my numbers. But <laughs> uh, all in all, you know, it, it was real good uh, to, you know, to, to be able to go up there and cook in front of, uh, you know, with a bunch of other peers that are all good cooks. I mean, everybody that goes to these things, you yep. know, definitely, you know, can can put on good product each day. And it's just uh, when you can get your name called out last like that, it, it's it's definitely a great feeling.
0: Jay Reader is my guest Jay. So you're headed to Chesapeake, Virginia for the regional round, which is almost exactly a month away. Uh, are you able to roll any kind of momentum into this next round with this win, or, or not really?
4: Well, you know, um, I actually got uh, I got two more cooks. Then I'm off, and I got picking in the Panhandle, and then I'll be down in uh, Chesapeake. So I actually only have one week off. So I'm you know I'm thinking that you know I'll sort of carry I, you know, I'll carry the consistency of my weekly cook going into it. And that way, you know, sometimes when you're off a week or two weeks and then you go and try to recook, there's little nuances and little steps that, you know, even though you're, uh, you, you try not to miss or, you, or you're just a little misstep here or there. And maybe sometimes that's where it goes back to our conversation earlier about, you know, having an extra team member. Maybe that's where, you know, that guy might pick up on something like, hey, you know, we need to do this. But uh, being single, you know, it's really, I got to really follow my book.
0: Jay reader joining me here on the show pitmaster of 420q uh, two of the regional rounds have already taken place uh, there's three rounds left of the 2020 uh, of the 20 teams that are already moving to the finals are, are there any that you would rather not see down in Bentonville or would you just rather not see all of them and you take that overall
4: <laughs> well yeah you know, I mean obviously you know, the, the big idea is to, to make it to Bentonville and, and win um, sure that that's the 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 grand, <laughs> the grand scheme. Uh, i'd be quite honest with you i haven't looked at the other regions and see who won uh i I'm, I'm one of those kind of people that in, in my opinion you know it's everybody can have a a flashy name and they can be good cooks and everything but it's you know it all comes down to that day uh, there's obviously teams out there that are consistent by all means that you know any day can thump you pretty good but uh you know we all bring bring a a good product to the table where we wouldn't be there to start with.
0: You know, Jay, you're cooking on that Jambo pit. It's obviously a very successful cooker, very popular cooker on the competition circuit. Is that something you upgraded to over time uh, within these three years you've done, or did you start right out with that Jambo?
4: I actually pretty much uh, I started out with it. My first two cooks, I used my Southern Yankee, which was my restaurant catering unit, and uh, then I moved on to that. And I actually put the word out, <clears throat> and uh, it goes back to Tom Houston from Checker Pig. I would put the word out to him that if he ever uh, knew anybody that had a Jambo for sale, which they they really don't come up for sale, but yeah. uh, if they ever did, you know, to give me a call. And just out of blue one day, he called me, and there was a fellow up in Minnesota that had one, and it's actually uh, he actually had two of them. And uh, the the Cancer Suck team has the sister to mine that was that this fellow had too. That he had bought two jambos and just decided that I guess he wanted to get rid of them, and I'd found out about it, so I actually made the trek. You know, I called him and told him, and sent him a check for a down payment, and I, I made a, a three-day run to, out into Minnesota <sighs> to pick this jambo up and back in the wintertime. So that's how bad I was really desiring to cook to on one of these guys.
0: When you buy it used, are you saving a, a substantial amount of money off a of new, or did you just not want to wait, or what?
4: Well, to tell you the truth, it was a brand-new pit that was never burned in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and he only burnt in the other one uh, about five or six times. So I was essentially getting a brand new pit without the weight.
0: That's the way to go. Uh, yeah. Jay Reeder is the pitmaster of 420Q. They just won the Pittsburgh local qualifier in uh, for the Sam's Club. So they'll be moving on to the regionals again, which is just about a month away. Uh, so uh, we'll see him in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, Jay, always appreciate the fact. Well, I appreciate the fact that you came on the show tonight and talked about the cook. Uh, good luck to you in the next round, and then of course the upcoming cooks that you have coming up.
4: Well, I appreciate that very much. You know, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, you know, something a little bit different. It's always nice to just to get out there and be able to talk about barbecue to somebody else like yourself that's, you know, involved and enthused about it. Thus, uh, the programming.
0: You got it. Well, I appreciate you making the time tonight. Hi, man. All right, there he is. Jay Reader. 420Q. Hemp and Hill Barbecue. Hmm. Hemp. Draw your own conclusions, maybe? I don't know. What what kind of fuel is he burning in there? Just kidding. Get your minds out of the gutter. All right, so uh, Jay's actually a guy that I've wanted to have on the show a number of times. And uh, the stars aligned. Boom. There you go. Jay Reader. Great catching up with him. And top ten calls in all of the categories, plus winning the pork. So usually when that happens, you can at least expect a first or a second. And, of course, top six you need to be in to move on. So he had that in tow as well. So good luck to him. 420Q, Pitmaster Jay Reed. All right, gang, take your barbecue to the next level with a Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science, and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business, drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative classes. Now, upcoming Barbecue 101 classes include Riverhead, New York, Dallas, and Houston, Texas. And a commercial barbecue class for those wanting to open their own business in is a come it's coming up at the gator pit factory in houston using their approved commercial kitchen now following a sold out second annual barbecue at the mckinley springs winery plans are already in the works for 2013 the barbecue institute is planning on adding a two-day dutch oven class and a one-day butchering class on either side of the weekend learn the differences between cooking with charcoal gas logs wood pellets they all can produce amazing results yet they all require a different route to get there. Learn the practical secrets and the food science on the methods to get the best results from each heat source. Now, we're not competing during uh, the weekend. Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. He also founded opbbq.com in 2004, which he still uh, does take part in. Barbecues for troops and wounded warriors alike. To make your next off-site event really memorable, Have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees you care with the very best barbecue money can buy. They will be talking about it for years to come. And guess what? Turnover is reduced. Happy employees. We need employees that stay and aren't trying to pilfer out of your pocket. Uh, For details on all the Barbecue Institute classes, visit BBQInstitute.com or check their Facebook page for the latest news and pictures Again, that's bbqinstitute.com. Conrad Haskins, proud sponsor of the show. And very economical classes uh, that really teach you the basics as well if you're not looking for the competition side of things, too. So bbqinstitute.com. We're coming back with Jim Shaheen from the Washington Post. Coming up next, stick around. We'll be right back.
3: The smoke. Call 877 4480433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, new
1: Bend, suburban superb, respectless. Let's go! I'm an outlaw. All right,
0: 877 4480433, Greg at. TheBBQCentralShow.com Those are two ways to get in touch with the show if you want to do it. Thanks to Jay Reeder from 420Q for joining me. My second guest tonight writes for the Washington Post Smoke Signals blog. He is in charge uh, like I just said of the Smoke Signals blog. He joins me now to talk about some Chicago barbecue amongst some other things. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and bring up regular contributor to the show Jim Shaheen. Jim, how are you, buddy?
1: Hey, Frank, how are you I'm
0: doing great. I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Jim. I always appreciate you making time for the show. Uh, so a couple different places that we can start tonight. Of course, you just returned home from uh, Chicago where you were checking out the city's barbecue scene. You know, on the whole, as you see it, would you say that Chicago is its own style of barbecue or do they seem to fall in line with you know, one of those already established regions like Carolinas or Kansas City or the like?
1: Now, you know, what's interesting to me, Greg, um, I think actually that Chicago is kind of, um, the neglected, uh, a neglected capital of barbecue. Um, you know, it's got its tradition with the aquarium smoker. It's got its tradition with the, um, uh, the, the, the rib tips that it does. And, um, those are two unusual things that you don't find very often outside of Chicago. Um, you find it here and there a little bit, but, um, you know, especially the guys on the south side do a lot of that, and I think it's a um, it's a style uh, of its own, really. That uh, just doesn't get a lot of notice.
0: Is it a, a hodgepodge of brisket and ribs and chicken and pork shoulder, or are they different meats, or are they just cooked in a different way?
1: well what i'm finding is that um they are adding more different types of um different types of meats now like um i went to one place on the south side of chicago that's been there forever and it uses an aquarium smoker and um you know an aquarium smoker as you know of course is you know one of those now, Jim, hold on a second.
0: Bottom. Hold on. I hate to show my ass here. I do not know what an aquarium You're smoker is. I absolutely oh, do not okay. know what it is. So please enlighten me.
1: All right. Well, it's direct cooking, but it's about mm, it's it's inside an enclosed box. It's got a uh, steel base and a uh, tempered glass at the top. And, and the tempered glass doors uh, slide open. And uh, on the grate, um, they smoke the meat over hardwood, usually, although sometimes with charcoal and sometimes a mixture. And so it's all, there's no gas. It's all either wood or charcoal or both. And, um, you know, and it goes back, as I say, you know, many, many, many years. And um, especially you're going to find this stuff on the south side. And that's where you're really going to find the rib tips um, more often than anywhere else. You get those in high links are really kind of the iconic thing, it seems to me, of, of Chicago. You will also get different styles uh, throughout Chicago. You also, you know, you get baby back ribs a lot. Uh, and especially with the newer places, uh, Chicago Q and Smoke and others, you do get brisket. You get a whole bunch of stuff. And even at those places with the aquarium smokers, they uh, are now adding more product to their and to the menu. Um, for example, there's one guy that I talked to who just recently um, – Ago started doing turkey, which he had never done before, and um, so we're seeing a little bit of broadening, but I think there's a heart and soul here. In the same way that you may see, for example, at Aaron Franklin down in Austin, he has pork, but still the soul there would be the brisket. So I think in Chicago, the soul at the South Side places, and, and to me, in some ways, the soul of Chicago are those rib tips and that and uh, that hot link. Um, so yeah, I mean, and but. We're also seeing, you know, a lot of uh, barbecue expansion in Chicago. And I want to say, before I get into this, that earlier today, I talked with Meathead, who lives in Chicago. Yes. And he is, you know, absolutely wealth of information and was very helpful uh, in giving me an overview of Chicago Barbecue. And and, um, so I just kind of wanted to give him a shout out. Um, about uh, about his help. I know he's on later today, uh, but I'd give him a shout-out. Um, he's uh, really, really helpful.
0: Right, Jim Shaheen joining me here on the show. Jim, I'm going to dump you real quick, and I'm going to call you right back. All right. All right. He was getting a little choppy. That seems to be the only way we fix this stuff anymore in these days is uh, recalling. Technology is great until it fails. I don't think the fan is killing the connection, Frank. I mean, I could be way off base, but that's right. Uh, Jim, you back with me here? Yeah, I'm back on. All right. Uh, so we get to, well, the, first of all, the aquarium smoker is, is fascinating to me. So I would love to actually see one of those working, uh, you know, live and in person. Uh, but then you had also mentioned the, the new sit-down restaurants that are in Chicago as well. You mentioned uh, Chicago Q, which, of course, many of us know is owned by Leanne Whippen of Woodshake's Barbecue fame. And then, of course, smoke. Right. Uh, did you eat at both of them? And if you could, kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown of uh, Chicago Q and Smoke.
1: Well, I did eat at both of them. I ate um, at a lot of places actually while I was in Chicago, um, and I ate at uh, well, I ate at both of those. I ate at Lily's Q. Um, I, ate, you know, at, at a lot of various places. As many of them do. I'll tell you what. Uh, one of the things I uh, particularly liked about um, Chicago Q was the feel of the place. Um, you know, it's got a sort of a, um, I don't know, uh, a kind of, um, Je ne sais quoi. Eleg- Can you hear me? <laughs> I, was, I said I said sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, it's got a down-home elegance to it and I liked it and they got some terrific sides in there and, you know, they're doing, um, you know, she sells, um, well on the menu it's, they say it's a uh, competition ribs. Um, they're expensive, um, but they're, but there they are, um, And uh, so that's that's a nice place to go to. We also uh, uh, went to Smoke, um, and uh, and that was uh, a neat place to also go to. Very down home. Um, You know, they have a little seating area outside, and um, yeah, I don't know. Just they're they're just doing you know sort of uh, an expansion of um, of of sort of barbecue idea in a way that's happening all across the country now. I mean, everybody's using an old. We are at Southern Pride, and then they're just putting out, you know, uh, different takes um, on, on barbecue. Many of them are the same, just different rubs or maybe some sauces, you know. Um, but it's it's a lot of what you're seeing all over the country.
0: Did you make it to the Windy City Rib Fest while you were out there? <laughs>
1: oh, and I'm dying about that. Um, oh, no, I did not make it to that. I really wish I had to leave on Sunday so I did not make it to the Windy City River Fest. Um, and, uh, boy, I just wanted to hop on a plane and, and go right back. Um, yeah, I didn't make it.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you can't be all places all the time. So something you could shoot for the next time around. All right. So uh, the second part of our interview tonight, and I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on Chicago Q, is the fact that you recently interviewed uh, Stephen Reichland, And he's been on the show a few times uh, over the years. And, really seems to be the guy who is right on this cusp of making that transitional leap from the guy that the barbecue and grilling industry nerds really know to that Bobby Flay transcendence of you know being the, the guy in the barbecue and grilling industry and then just a household name. Uh, how did you find Steven when you met with him? Is he better than you thought? Is he a prick? Is he a nice guy? What do you think?
1: <laughs> I, uh, well... He's I, I, he's not a prick. Oh, good. Um, if he's a prick, he hit it from me. Um, I, we good. Had, um, he, I thought him to be a really really down. I found him to be really smart, uh, really enjoyable to be around. I sat down with him for breakfast at uh, at a place here in Washington D.C. where he came to give a, uh, a lecture at the Library of Congress on the evolution how uh, the evolution of barbecue and how it relates to the evolution of man, which is pretty heady stuff. Um, and we sat down for breakfast, and, you know, here's this guy, anybody knows uh, who knows him knows, you know, he's, a, he's in great shape, he's slender, he's in terrific shape, and yet he piled on breakfast. I mean, he had two eggs, he had um, potatoes, uh, uh, what, what was um, country ham, biscuits, you know, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it, and I'm... I have well, to admit, I went for the granola. Um, so, um, but, uh, but so anyway, we had such a great time for two hours that by the end of it, I asked him, uh, we, we wanted to talk some more. So we talked another two hours the following morning. That morning, he ordered the granola. Um, <laughs> of course. And I find him to be a very down-to-earth guy, a very smart guy. You know, and he just wrote, as you know, a novel. Uh, called Island Apart. And that's really what he always wanted to do, he said. It's right novel." All
0: right, so you have a guy who those of us in the industry and in the niche know, uh, respect. Some think that he's a sellout with all of the stuff that he sells, but look, you can't argue the success that he has and the amount of promotion that he has done for the world of barbecue and grilling by any stretch of the imagination. So here's a guy who has made a living at the barbecue, And he's always wanted to write a novel that has nothing to do with barbecue, which he has now done. Mm -hmm. He he graduated with a degree in French literature. You know, he studied medieval cookbooks in France. So it, it seems, I guess, a world apart from how we know him. How happy was he to get that book written? And has he gotten any reviews back on it in response to, like, Barbecue Bible or Beer Can Chicken?
1: He's ecstatic to have uh, written it. I mean, he was really, really, really happy about having written it. He had, um, as I recall during our interview, he had, you know, like many people have written novels, he had made some stabs earlier on in life and never really was able to, you know, bring it home. And he finally did. And he was he said he had this is interesting. Actually, I don't think this was in what I wrote about him. He told me that he had a hard time selling the novel um, because publishers identified him as the barbecue guy. Sure. He, He was pigeonholed. And so he had a hard time getting it sold, uh, but he finally did get it sold. Um I can't answer your question about the reviews. I haven't I haven't read the reviews of, of the novel. Um and um but I do know this he um plans uh he's already working on his second novel. He's uh but and so I asked him, you know, is he making the transition out of barbecue? And he said no. He's uh definitely he's got another two barbecue books in him. One's gonna be on smoking. Um and, um, you know, he's going to go into the whole history of smoke and how smoke works and all that. And so, um, you know, he's, I guess, he's just going to try to do both worlds for a while.
0: All right. Jim Shaheen joining me here on the show, writer of the Smoke Signals blog uh, for the Washington Post. Uh, one more question about Stephen here before I let you go, Jim. He had mentioned to you a term which I've never heard before, but I like, which is the Starbuckification. Of barbecue can you give us a little insight on what that term means for the layman's that can't figure it out and what would he like to see to overcome starbuckification
1: well Steven is uh, um, you know here's a guy that's got as we all know the lines of sauces the lines of paste, the tools all that stuff the classes the TV show all, he's got all that stuff going on and yet he um, at heart He's very much, very much uh, a wood guy. In fact, you know, he he's doesn't even think that, you know, in the end that you should even start your fire with charcoal. He's, uh, he said, you know, you take your chimney, just put wood in it, and start it with wood and, and just keep going with wood. Uh, so he is very much a purist at heart. And um, so coming from that sensibility, he uh, feels that what he's seeing is a kind of generic barbecue um, that's uh, emerging. And uh, we talked, he he said, uh, you know, what he said in the context of a globalization of American barbecue, and he's eaten at some American barbecue places um, around the world, in addition to doing a lot of just indigenous uh, global barbecue cuisines as well. And he felt that um, in some ways, uh, he felt it wasn't really a true Representation of what he believes um, barbecue is, which at its heart to him is uh, Southern Barbecue, using wood and, uh, and and you know, having a, a distinct stock. So that's basically what he meant.
0: All right. Uh, Jim Shaheen writes the Smoke Signals blog for the Washington Post. Of course, WashingtonPost.com is the quickest way to find that. Uh, Jim, always appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much, Greg. Take care. Him.
0: There he is, Jim Shaheen. Again, you can find him on the Smoke Signals blog, uh, WashingtonPost.com. You know, honestly, and I'm sure Jim would be the first to admit it, a little tricky to find from there, but uh, I think if you just search Smoke Signals and stuff like that uh, within Washington Post, that's not just like WashingtonPost.com slash Smoke Signals. Do that for Jim, please. Do that for Jim, for crying out loud. Give me a break. So interesting stuff. Love to have Steven back on the show so we can talk about his Love novel or whatever it is, islands apart, islands in the stream, that is what we are. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Say hello. Never mind. Uh, We're going to wrap the show up after this quick spot for butchers, and then we'll head into the second hour. You know, there's a lot of things that I personally find adoring about one David Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, but here's somebody that is thinking of ways... For you to trust him even more. You know his phrase, always trust your butcher. How can you trust your butcher even more? Check out this new program that he has been running here on the show for the last number of weeks. No other company in the barbecue world has vowed to not only make their own customers happy, but their competitors' customers happy as well. Scenario number one I present to you. Have you bought an injection and it hasn't worked out for you? Had your scores dropped? Now it's just sitting around collecting dust, probably never to be used again. What to do? Trade it in pound for pound. You heard me correctly. All you have to do is go to butcherbbq.com and click the trade in link. It's there at the top right of the navigation. Once you get there, fill out the form, print it off, seal up your trade, and mail it to Dave. He will send you back butcher barbecue, beef, pork, or prime injection. Look, we all do it. Let's be honest with each other. Spend money only to find out the product is crap, and now the wife is pissed. Because you could have taken her out on the town instead of buying some crappy injection. How many times have you been in this situation? You spend your money on a product, and when you realize it isn't that great, you are in a pickle. You won't use it again, but it was too expensive to throw out. In the past, you were screwed. Be honest. But not with a new trade-in program at Butcher's Barbecue. Butchers will match it pound for pound. You have nothing to lose, only great products to gain that have been time-tested by many award-winning barbecue cooks across various sanctioning bodies. Butchers will honor any commercially made product along with its partial or complete label. There is a strict limit to five pounds per item per household. All products will be weighed at the time of arrival. And that amount is final per day. If you have any questions, you can contact him directly through the Butcher Barbecue website, which is butcherbbq.com. Is anybody else doing this? Are you asking me that question? I can answer. No, hell no. It's the trade-in program happening right now at ButcherBBQ.com. And as we always say, if you needed any more reasons, it's just one more reason that you should be trusting your butcher with your injections and cheese. If you're going to go to ButcherBBQ.com, look at the sauces and the rubs. <laughs> Who are you kidding? Just stock up. We know the shipping's cheap. Seven bones, nine bones, depending on how much you get. You got to do it. ButcherBBQ.com. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the first hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network.
3: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue—it's the Barbecue Central
0: Show. Whoever thought—who would have thought this, this barbecue thing, thing would last? I never, I never asked, asked for this. this. I never asked for the, barbecue, living, the barbecue. The barbecue guru, whiskey. craziness.
4: There's whiskey in my soul. I got soul. barbecue in my soul. I've been, I've been
1: drifting down that open highway, finger in the air, I do things my way. The next town's where I, I call home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, throw a shot
0: I could I could make up a song, but I'm not going to do it. I'm a
4: little embarrassing for you guys.
0: Mojo Bricks, I ate raw chicken last night, and I'm here to tell you, do you remember the skit with Monty Python where they ate... Tuna from a can the and the Grim Reaper comes knocking.
1: <laughs>
0: Raw chicken never good. Never wins. Not it does not win in competitions either, from what I understand. Uh, I got a quick email here. Let me go to that. Uh, this is from Jerry and Sharon Taylor. Uh, email, Greg, have you tried or do you know someone that has tried the Kingsford Propane? I have not seen it myself and was wondering if Kingford went through with this product. Is it out and how does it taste? Uh, Sincerely, Jerry Taylor, Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Jerry, bro, that was a joke. Damn it. Did you not see the other show where we said it was a farce? Sorry about that. Kingsford is not making hickory fused uh, propane, bro. Sorry about that. It's nice to know that This show is what it is. A bona fide news media outlet, believe it or not. (laughs) Sorry, Jerry. That is not true. It is not true. I am not a thief, and I am not a liar. All right, so uh, we thank Jim Shaheen for joining me this uh, first hour, just last segment. Interesting stuff on Stephen Reichland. Got to see the fishbowl cooker over in Chicago. Maybe Meathead can expand a little bit on the fishbowl cooker. I'm sure, he knows that. I might do some karaoke at the end of the show. D, you better watch out. I'm working on one right now. Right in my head, I am. Also, thanks to Jay Reader from 420Q talking about the fact that he won the Sam's Club regional and. Looking forward to the. Uh, not, he's moving forward to the region, looking forward to that. And uh, finishing top 10 in all of his categories. Very impressive. Let me tell you something I hate. You know, I got a new desk. And you can't. Well, you can't. You can almost see it right here. I have a, a camera right there. Of course, I have my uh, product camera right here. And uh, these are what they do product cameras right there. But. Uh, it sets back farther, so I can't bring this in any closer. And now you can see my jerry-rigged uh, studio setup. You see my trusty little uh, bungee cord that holds up my ba- <laughs> what kind of outfit. You running over there?
3: Get that big stuff out of here! <laughs>
0: Just look at me. Everything's fine. Look at me. Don't look behind me. Don't look at the treadmill or the fireplace. Succulent stuff. Whatever. Uh, so, again, thanks to Jay Reader. Thanks to Jim Shaheen for joining me. Uh, Meathead coming up in the second hour. Uh, when we come back uh, from the quick break here at the top, we'll do some second takes. If you want to jump in and take part in something, you're more than welcome to do so. 877 440 433 I'm forgetting a number right now. Yeah, I know bigger, but, like, how much bigger? This is a 2x4. I don't think doubling the size would make it any bigger. I know you use a bunch of cordless competitions, but I'm I'm trying to class it up. All right, i got to get out. Uh, We'll see you at the top of the hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around. uh, Top of the hour. Meathead at 1014.
1: Hi, this is Larry Wolf wolf rub barbecue seasonings and you're listening to barbecue central from my heart and from my hand why don't people understand my intention
0: happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show we cook because
4: we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it (laughs) going (laughs) <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the, in the crackle.
1: Charbono!
2: It's all about the dude.
4: Succulent
2: fish. What?
4: He ate 50 for wieners. Oh, listen,
2: Lavernius, Shake a I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
0: <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
4: I just like being anywhere with junior,
2: senior, and
4: diva. like oh oh, a movie. <laughs>
2: wow, yeah, really. Keep it
1: hot,
4: keep it clean, keep it lubricated.
1: We have top men working on it right now. Hmm.
2: top men.
0: Somebody, please help me out there. Terrible things going out of my house. And I can't even talk about it on the radio.
1: <laughs>
3: well, on
0: the internet radio. What? Yeah, I'm not talking about that at all on the show. No way.
3: No way.
0: Top of the hour to you folks. It is the second hour of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. What's up? Top men are in the house. You know, maybe if I do get the four by eight, I could I could go bungee Core Jones on that. Maybe not. I'm trying to think if I for another two. Let's double the Well, that, that might work, I guess. Right, four by eight with the bungee. Is it going to? Is it going on under the desk? What? Nothing. Never mind. All right. Look. Let me tell you one thing or another. First, the Survey Tuesdays. I'm a little uh, jumbled up here. I apologize. Uh, Should competition barbecue be open to all kinds of fuels when it comes to cookers? My answer, yes. I don't understand why on God's green earth hold your traditional bull crap because you're contradictory at each and every turn, KCBS. You allow automatic pit temperature control devices... You allow pellet cookers that have thermostatic, and you can set it to what freaking temperature you want it at. And you're going to disallow or not allow propane or electric cookers? Why? It's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. If you are allowing devices out there to tend your pit temperature so you don't have to, or if you're allowing cookers that use wood in pellet, but you were able to dial in to 225 degrees. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's no difference. Open it up. You want to see membership grow? You want to see popularity grow? Open it up to every cooker. What's the deal? Guess what? Newsflash. KCBS doesn't come on this show anymore. Wow, what a surprise. Why? I don't know. I've been out to KCBS for months. I get nothing back. Let me tell you. Oh, I took that page away. You know what I get back from them? Rod Gray knows what I get back from them.
1: Nothing. What was that? Nothing. Exactly.
0: Whatever. Question number two. Favorite meat to grill. 80-20 burger. Bitch. Love it. With cheese, supplement cheese, and bacon, too, and garden tomato, and fresh lettuce, and some pickles. And mayonnaise, not none of that light shit either. Full-blown mayo. Question number three. Most memorable Olympic moment for you, which is me. Most memorable Olympic moment for you. God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It was day one, women's indoor volleyball, when they said the name of the most popular, well, maybe not popular, but most... Um, important person on the women's team. It was, wait a second, her name? Of course, Destiny Hooker. Yes, Meat Inc., Barbecue Gurus is a sponsor of the show. What does it have to do with anything? I'm not saying that the product is bad. I'm just saying that if I'm, I'm railing against KCBS, I'm saying if you're allowing these things, or the Stoker, or any potential control of it, why not open it up? It has nothing to do with the fact that the barbecue grill isn't a succulent and special and awesome product ever on the face of the earth, because it is. Come on. Don't get hooked, boy. Don't get hooked. Destiny Hooker's name being said aloud, number, number, that's the most memorable Olympic experience for me. This was on Dear Abbey this morning, in case you missed it. I'm only going to read you what the uh, person writing in said. I'm not reading Dear Abby's response because I'm going to give you Dear Barbecue Central Radio Show. So instead of me saying Dear Abby, I'll say Dear Barbecue Central Show. My wife and I have thrown a barbecue for all our friends every summer since we first married. Over the past couple of years, our little party has morphed into a family-friendly event. Our problem is one of our good friends is now the mother of an insufferable little three-year-old boy devil. Now, they're using quotation marks here, so I don't know if this is his real name, but God, I hope it is. Fenton's behavior has been awful for two years. At the last party, he managed to throw our iPod, slam our stereo to the ground, pick up and throw another child, and terrorize a gentle dog. He barged in on a nursing mother and refused to leave when asked. Well, yeah, of course he did, because there was boobs. He's a man boy. We also suspect he was the one who tore our baby gate off his hinges. The mom is preoccupied with a new baby and deals with the situation by making idle threats. The dad now jokes and says sucks to be a parent tells his kid to stop annoying him. We're pretty sure if Fenton returns for this year's party, many of our other guests won't be there. We want to remain friends with the mom, so not inviting her isn't an option. Would it be out of line to ask her to leave her husband and the little terror at home... Sincerely yours, Smokin' Mad in Pennsylvania. Well, Smokin' Mad, I'm glad you've written in. Hold on, I gotta eat a cherry. Oh, what the fuck? Get that big stuff out of here. Hello? Oh, that was a cherry drained in vodka.
2: Watch out. Wow.
0: Maybe in a second. I have to give my advice to this little bastard. All right, so it let me break it down for you here. You have a child that you're bringing into your house. You're inviting these people, and the kid is a, a punk. He is uh, abusing dogs. He is terrorizing other children. He's throwing your electronics around. He's slamming your stereo. I don't know if you can confirm or deny the fact that he tore the baby gate off the hinges, so I don't know if you want to be making that leap. I would like to say allegedly, to cover my ass from any litigation that could be impending. You're worried about offending? The pe- isn't this exactly what the problem is in society today? People don't have the uh, what I refer to as these testicular fortitude... To tell other parents that their kid is a douche. Hey, Fenton's mom and dad, uh, I want to invite you to the party, but I'm not. I want to let you know ahead of time. I don't want to let you uh, find out secondhand that we had our soiree and that you weren't invited. And here's the reason why Fenton, or here's the reason why you're not coming to the party. Fenton is a douche. He beats up other kids. He slams around my iPod. He tore my stereo to the ground, and I have it on good authority that he might have ripped my baby gate off its hinges. And until you can get that little bastard reined in, you're not coming to my house. No how, no way. Get that big stuff out of here. Beat it, loser. And while you're beating it, beat your kid. Show him that there is fear somewhere in the world. You've self-entitled this little punk to the point, what is he, Four. Three-year-old? Three years old. The kid can barely construct freaking sentences, and he's running the mill over here? Parents are ridiculous. You know, people look at me funny when I say how we discipline our kids. But you're not going to see my three-year-old or ten-year-old or nine-year-old run around other people's houses and destroying their iPods and pushing down their stereos and molesting dogs and other kids. (laughs) No way. Get
3: that big stuff out
0: of here. Fenton is a problem. Fenton needs to be put over a knee and slapped hard many times. Sometimes for no reason at all, just so he knows something could be coming around the corner. And then he'll be a good little punk. Remember, a good child is a silent child. Right. Well, I think it's a boy. Fenton is a boy. So, Fenton, you're the reason that mom and dad don't get invited out with the other neighbors when they want to have other people over and get a little tipsy because you are a douche. Sorry, Fenton. Sorry. A quickly, gang, a programming note. Next week, Robin Lindars, The Grill Girl, joins me. Also, John Marcus will be on to talk about the fourth season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Uh, His deal is in place, so we'll be able to talk frankly and openly about the upcoming season. I was going to address that pitmasters audition thing, but I ran out of time. Sorry. All right, gang, let me talk to you quickly about... Oh, he, he's the jeweler to the barbecue stars in this show, Steven DeFranco. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. You know, I talk about it all the time. Steven DeFranco and my watch. Look, here's my watch. First watch I ever got from Steven DeFranco. This is the uh, Bolova Accutron watch. Really nice. It's uh, the rose gold color. It's got a very uh, unique band here, so it's not just like your traditional leather band. It's got a unique clasping situation that secures it. But man, this thing is top notch, high quality. And because we know him, I didn't pay $995 for this watch, and you won't either. Second, check this out the newest. Bolova uh, watch that I got. Uh, this is one level down. The one I just showed you was an Accutron a uh, Precisionist, or uh, uh, was an Accutron line, which is the high line from Bolova. Of... This is a Precisionist watch. So this is your mid level. Check this. I mean, check this out. This thing is phenomenal. It's all titanium. It's super light. It is focused, right? Now, look at the customization. See at the top right? See those uh, little red lugs right there? Those don't come like that. This customization is only brought to you by Stephen DeFranco. They have somebody that will actually match the paint and the dial treatment. You see the red secondhand stuff. And then right here and here, and then there's two more on the other side. Those are not red coming out of the box. They take the time to mix paint that actually matches the treatment on the face and bang, there you go. So here are my two beauties, the uh, Accutron watch and the uh, Precisionist watch, both from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. And you, two can get your hands on these watches if you want or something different. You visit StephenDeFranco.com. Then you call him, 943-2700 with a 440 area code. 440-943-2700. Tell me you found the watch that you want. You're a listener to the show. You know me, and you're going to get hooked up. You won't believe it. These two watches cost me less than the retail value of that Accutron. What's that tell you? You're saving big. 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. And then tell me you want the barbecue show hookup. All right, we're coming back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ email address. Oh, I don't want to do that. Gotta do this, though. Watch out. The only man, well, well he's the only man that has his, he, who wrote his own theme song. I need the rips,
4: rips you know who it is? It's a barbecue guy.
1: To okay, I gotta turn it down.
0: Right, uh, me for the rips remainder rips, of the second hour, a fan favorite, a man who is not only has his own theme song when he comes in that he wrote himself, but that is razor sharp. I would hate to be on the business end, to say the least. We have a few topics to cover tonight, so let's race over to the hotline and pull up monthly contributor to the show, uh, Meathead, joining me here on the show. Meathead, how are
1: you? I'm a schlub.
0: Meathead is wearing the schlub hat. Let me get a tight on Meathead. Look, there he is. Shlub Meathead, what's with the schlub hat? What does that even mean?
2: Well, last month last month, you may recall, we discussed um the uh, last Pitmaster series. Correct. The wrap-up of the Pitmaster series. And I had said that in my columns on Huffington Post that I thought somebody seemed to be the designated schlub every week and the one who was set up to lose. And one of the uh uh, teams that I cited as uh, the designated loser was the southern crunk from Arkansas, Randy Hill. Randy Hill, yeah. Who I see is listening tonight. He was listening last week. too? He's a faithful listener. Uh, me, Come because on, I have he, tens because he was foolish enough to serve a half a chicken to three <laughs> judges, which they didn't know how to cut up, divvy up, and taste. Um, so there's no excusing that. But Randy took first place this weekend at the Windy City Rib Classic, at which I was a judge, and I was on the panel Uh-oh. that judged his ribs, and he got my highest score. Randy! So,
0: Good job, buddy.
2: Who's the schlub now?
0: Right. Who's eating a little bit of barbecued crow, as it were, meat?
2: Oh, you betcha.
0: All right. Well, you- uh. Gotcha. Look, uh, a guy of his uh, word, he's upstanding, his meathead, so he's wearing the schlub head. Is that something that you had to make yourself, or did, do they, ha- they sell oh, schlub this hats? Is,
2: this is, uh, like a, I think, a Dairy Queen hat or something. And I uh, oh. I just, uh, I, I had some chicken downstairs. I was going to go get a chicken and eat that and tell you I was eating crow, but
0: <laughs> I
2: already had it.
0: Well, uh,
2: meathead. <laughs> my, 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 my congratulations to Randy and... Uh, uh his partner, uh, who were great sports. We had a good time hanging out, and uh, the Windy City uh, Rib Classic was a, a fun first-time event. Uh, we were about 30 teams, a lot of home barbecue uh, first-timer newbies, um, and it uh, wasn't all great barbecue. Randy, uh, his, his ribs really stood out. I don't know what happened to his chicken. But uh, it was ribs and chicken. I don't know why they had chicken and rib contest either. But whatever, it was a good time, and it was a great place to be down by the lakefront. And uh, let's hope that the event uh, is ongoing.
0: That is a non-sanctioned, obviously, uh, KCBS event. So just for fun, people just come out and, and try their wares?
2: Yes. I have a feeling it's going to get more serious as time goes by.
0: All right, so Meathead joining me here on the show. You know him as the proprietor of the most heavily trafficked barbecue forum on the internet amazingribs.com, widely considered to be one of the go-to places for any type of barbecue or grilling information uh, as it relates to our industry. And it's funny because one of the things that I was going to bring up and you kind of beat me to it was when we were talking about the pitmaster criticism, uh, something that, that comes with the territory is reviews. Huffington Post hires you to write a review for this um, Wine people have hired you before to give your thoughts on wine. You know, people are just hired to give it. I do the show because I'm not afraid to give an opinion, uh, to have some passion behind it. And a lot of people don't agree with most of what I say, let's be honest. But it gives people the opportunity to then debate. If we didn't have you, if we didn't have me, uh, people would just kind of be roaming around like zombies and, and no one would have any fun with each other. So let me ask you this. And you've done reviews for. All of the pitmaster seasons that I can remember. Did this particular season, as you go back, if you can kind of look at your writing from an omnipotent point of view, pull your personal feelings out of it? Did you, did you think you got a little chippy this season as compared to the other ones, or were you pretty much right on par with the other seasons?
2: I, you know, I, I, I mean, as an umpire, I think I called it the way I saw it. Um, I, I was in general much more positive about the uh, events this year. Um, I, um, I didn't want to sound like a shill, so I did bend over a little backwards to make sure I could find some things to point out that needed improvement. Um, that's part of the problem of the role of the critic, and, uh, authors have written extensively about the role of the critic, uh, I mean, there's usually a segment of most philosophy classes on the role of the critic, um. Kermit the Frog once said, uh, uh, scratch a critic, find an assassin. (laughs) Um, Probably not too far from the truth. Uh, But I I think, uh, by and large, uh, as I said last month, it was a good season. It was a significant improvement over previous seasons. They showed us how the guys cooking, guys and gals, were cooking, which was the biggest complaint I had two years ago. And um, uh, the complaints I had, I thought, were fairly minor.
0: All right, so this begs the question, of course, why am I not writing for Huffington Post? Can you tell Ariana Huffington that I am available for a large and substantial fee to write for their particular— I mean, what does one have to do? you got to be in with her, right?
2: Well, actually, I've never met her. Um,
0: I don't believe it for a second.
2: I, you're a radio guy. I've been a writer since college. I mean, I wrote Washington Post. I wrote for the Chicago Tribune. The typing and words on paper— on pixels is what I do for a living. So uh, uh, it wasn't hard for me to get in. I had the credentials. Uh, um, uh, uh, But I I would never touch radio. I have no idea what it's all about.
0: Well, you do a pretty good job as a guest, so that's what I appreciate as a host. Now, uh, Meathead joining me here on the show, AmazingRibs.com. We like to debunk or perhaps prove out myths that are being talked about in the barbecue and grilling community when you're here on the show. You do a lot of work with scientists and nuclear physicists, what the hell is going on behind you? What's glittering in the back? It's nervous. What is that? Glittering? Really? Yes. They look like a demon eyes that keep going back and forth.
2: It could be Blackjack. That, um, is that a dog? I watch <laughs> I puppies for leader dogs, blind, and um, recently a blind man got sick. Oh, yeah, that's Blackjack's collar.
0: Oh, all right. Well, was, I didn't know whether I needed to warn you uh, to get a gun because there's a creeping marauder in the house or what?
2: Uh, uh, one of the uh, gentlemen in town who works with the dog is uh, blind, and he's sick, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm dog-sitting for his guy. So it's right. Blackjack. He's a little shy.
0: Fabulous. So here we go. Uh, one of the myths that you always – this this might be one of the top – things that you hear all the time on internet lore. I don't know how much people talk about it person-to-person at contests or whatever the case may be, but it's the one, if you look looking, you ain't cooking. So is that true, that if you open your lid on the smoker or the cooker or whatever it is, you're going to add 15 minutes to the cook time?
2: Yeah, well, and that's a really – well, I've heard 15 minutes for every time. Right. i had, if you're looking, you ain't cooking on my website eight times. And one of the things I've learned to do lately is everything that is kind of accepted wisdom, husband's tales, if you will, um, I uh, I, will, I try to find out if it's true. Um, I, I've been working all day on what is that brown poop that comes out of hamburgers. Um, and, uh, I, by the way, I have a, a new uh, uh, consultant, a, a meat scientist on staff, uh, uh, Dr. Antonio Mata, nice. formerly of o- and he is a beef expert, and uh, he's been working we, with me on this project. And we're also about to, cut, to publish an article on the effect of bone on cooking your, uh, cooking meat. And that's it. You know, everybody always says it's sweeter by the bone. Right. Uh, pork uh, is better with the bone in. And we've really looked at that question carefully. But tonight's question, we'll talk about those next time.
0: Uh, Meathead, hold on one second. Uh, Fuck, this freaking sound is cutting out on me. Let me hang up with you. I'm gonna call you back in one second. Just hang, hang right on. And you know, I'm a stickler for awesome production. It really pisses me off when this happens. All right, Meathead, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: I'm back. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, we're all good. Okay, Um, so. Um Dr. Blonder, he's a physicist, used to be head of Bell Labs, and he consults with me. And I went to him and I said, all right, can we prove or disprove if you're looking, you ain't cooking? And uh, he got back to me after a day and came up with a series of uh, tests that he did. And it's really interesting what we learned. Um, first of all, he started off with his good old trusty gas grill. 75-degree um, day, cranked it up to about 475 and then opened it for a minute, temperature dove right away to about 150, Mm -hmm. and uh, slammed the lid, and uh, within about two minutes, it was back up um, uh, to about 400, and 450 very quickly thereafter. So it returned to its heat really quickly with only a minute open, and that's because under the hood, there's a lot of hot air trapped. So then he opened the hood for five minutes, and the temperature dove again. But he held it open longer this time, so when he closed the lid, it took a lot longer for it to get back up to temp. So with the gas grill, we learned that how long you have the lid open is a real factor. But stick with this whole story, because the punchline is really interesting. All right. Okay, so next he tried a regular old Weber kettle, a charcoal grill. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the same thing. After one minute, it dove, put the lid back on, came right back up to 450 in a hurry. Leave it open for five minutes, put the lid back on. It came up only to about 350 and then crept up to 400. And his theory is, is that because the charcoal started to burn down a little. It it had less energy uh, to recover. Um, We don't have a jambo, so we didn't get to try it on a jambo. We did try it on a Mac one-star pellet smoker, um, and uh, this one really recovered quickly, and it's really obvious why. There's a feedback loop inside a pellet cooker. It's got a thermostat. You lift the lid, the thermostat says, whoa, it's cold out there, and it cranks up more heat. So when you close the lid, even after five minutes, it comes back up the temp a lot faster than a gas or a charcoal um, cooker. <laughs> So um, the, the question is: Is what effect does that have? Well, he did some calculations. Um, uh, if you peak for one minute an hour, and the temp drops from 225 to 100, and stays there for about two minutes, and works its way back up, the average temp over that hour is 221, which is a loss of about two percent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, in theory, that could add about. 12 minutes to a 10-hour cook. Now, 10-hour huh. cook is a pretty long cook, you know, the kind of thing you might use for pork shoulder yep. or brisket. Um, 12 minutes is all it has. So it's not adding 15 minutes per peak. It's adding 12 minutes for 10 hours, much less than we thought, if you peak quickly. But what was really interesting is he had probes not just in the cooker. He had meat in the cooker. And he had probes in the meat. And the meat didn't give a damn. Huh. The meat didn't notice the temperature fluctuation one bit. Now, I've got all this information written up on the website and all his charts, and you can see. But what happened is, if you think about it, and this you've heard me say this before, air cooks the outside of the meat. But the outside of the meat is what cooks the inside of the meat. The outside of the meat gets hot and the molecules vibrate, and they pass the vibrations and the heat down into the center. So you can open and close that thing, but the meat, especially as the cook continues, is a big thermal mass holding heat, and it doesn't carry it for a minute or two minutes. Now, obviously, if you left it open for a long time, it's going to make a big difference, but it barely noticed opening and closing the grill. Or the the cooker, we were cooking indirect in this case. Um, so, um, is it a myth or not? Well, the answer is is yes. You are losing temperature. Yes, if you're cooking with charcoal or wood, you are adding oxygen to the atmosphere, and that could affect the stability of your burn and how hot your fire is. Um, Yes, you're letting some moisture out, but this is another aspect we've looked at for another article we're working on, is in most cookers, the turnover of atmosphere in that cooker can be as many as five or ten times a minute. I mean, think about it. Look at all that stuff that's coming out the chimney. That's smoke, but smoke is a very small percentage of all that air coming out. What's happening is, is the fire is sucking air in, And it's using it as fuel. I mean, you've got two fuel sources on a charcoal or a wood cooker. You've got charcoal and air. So it's sucking air in fast, pumping it into the heat chamber, and it's going out the chimney through the draft, the suction of the draft upward. So you've got a lot of air turnover, much more than a lot of people think. That's why you get bark. It dries out the surface from evaporative cooling, and that's the whole concept behind um, the stall, which we've talked about before. So it's a really interesting, complex microcosm in there. But um, uh, the bottom line is, is if you need to open your cooker and spritz, um, if you need to jab it with a thermometer, if you just want to look, if you need a sniff, if you want to show it to a visiting uh, fireman who's stopped by, it's really not going to have a major impact on your cook. And again, because. I mean, it's not something that if I'm a competitor, I'm not a competitor, but if I was, I wouldn't want to open any more than I had to just because I don't want to screw with it. You know, I just want everything stable and leave it alone. But it's really not a big deal.
0: And and again, I think I, what I really kind of gleaned from that is the fact that you are adding some time overall. As you said, on a 10 hour cook, if you're leaving it <laughs> for a minute, maybe 12 minutes on the overall, is the fact that the meat is not really caring whatsoever if you have it open for that minute or two. It's it's not dropping in temperature because you have it open for a minute, and now you need to recoup where it was, where it's dropped to, and then get it back up to where it was to progress it.
2: Remember, air is an insulator, and it's a lousy conductor heat, but meat is full of water and fat, and it really holds temperature. Up. When you take that out of the cook. It's hot for a while. And so it's got thermal energy built into it. Um, So opening that cooker is not going to make a significant impact on the meat.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. The website, of course, is amazingribs.com. We've got uh, about two minutes and 45 seconds here before we break. Meathead, um, do we have time to talk about stainless steel not being the same stainless steel?
2: We can. Uh, also, there was a discussion uh, earlier tonight. I heard part of it. Um, I talked to Jim Shaheen today. Yep. Uh, and He's um, an aquarium cooker. Yes. Uh, Tell and, me about these and, things. And I can we uh, get a, a little more light on the subject? Go ahead. Well, okay. Um, they, they're not totally unique to Chicago. They were in Chicago, but there's maybe 10 or 15 or so in use in um, Chicago. Barbecue restaurants, Um, and if you, uh, they're like an old-fashioned. I got to do a little history here. Chicago barbecue really began in the '40s and '50s with the Great Migration from the Mississippi Delta north. A lot of African Americans who had been working fields and agriculture in the South. um, Mechanism was coming in, and with World War II setting in, there were industry jobs here. So they moved north, left the uh, the fam homestead, or the uh, uh, sharecropping jobs they had in the Mississippi Delta, and they came north. With them came Southern barbecue. With them also came the blues. That's where Chicago Blues was uh, from, the genesis of Chicago Blues. Moved to Chicago in the 40s and 50s. And of course, to them, barbecue was all stage. It was You dug a pit in the ground, you threw some uh, expanded metal over the top, and you cooked open top. So if you're looking, you're totally cooking. And then, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, and, and they come to, to the big city. The big city, Chicago, had some pretty restrictive fire regulations after the Great Chicago Fire. It right. still has the, the difficult fire regulations in the country. Um, and uh, a local uh, steel manufacturer, created what is now called the aquarium pit. And it is basically just a large rectangular box that sits on the restaurant floor It's maybe 12 feet long, um, four feet deep, and three or four feet high. And um, it's a pit, just like um, the brick pits in Texas, or they have a, a pulley mechanism that opens the top. This doesn't have a top. Instead of a top, built this large, plexiglass um, wall around the entire perimeter. So the pit had this glass wall above the lip, um, and there was a door, a sliding glass door in it, and you moved your meat in and out through there. Most of them burned um, hickory and oak, and they often backed it off to one side. A um, honey one, which is my favorite of the... Um, uh, the aquarium pit in Chicago. Jim went there, and he was really impressed with it. Uh, uh, Mr. Adams sits there by the pit all day long, slowly feeding in the logs, and he's got a garden hose on the other hand, spritzing it with water, control, and so it's really open-pit barbecue. Uh, and the aquarium comes from the glass wall all around to keep the smoke from spilling out into the kitchen and the dining room, also, funnel it into chimney, um, which in Chicago you have to have scrubber on them. Mm. But um, uh, there's about ten or fifteen, and most of them are all, all Southern African American descendants of the uh, uh, the migrants in this Great Migration in the forties and fifties, coming from the uh, the Delta. And it's an interesting thing because it's all wood. Too are using charcoal. Um, it, it, it's not at all like a jambo. Um, but it, 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 and they serve um, rib, tips. rib tips. As Jim said, they're popular on the south side of Chicago. Um, and uh, they slather them with a the sweet red sauce, it's a Kansas City remember, uh, what you want to call it. And uh, okay. white bread underneath. And the french fries go right in the box. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it, so if you look, for a Chicago style, it's not a unique sauce, but the overwood in the aquarium pit, which gives food a distinct flavor, um, would be what you would point out as the Chicago style. Now, all modern new generation barbecue joints, which are cropping up, and if you're in a city anywhere in this country, San Francisco, they're cropping after the rain. Um, they're burning Working with Southern Pride and uh, 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 oh, I'm drawing a blank. Hickory, old, old hickories, gas uh, you know, as a heat source is a flavor. But uh, I think that's an interesting uh, look at that. And Jim, Jim got a kick out of those. Hickory. There's that cozy corner in Memphis, which a lot of people think is uh, Memphis as hard.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, hold him off here just for a second while I uh, quickly talk to you about uh, barbecuers of light wood pellets. In fact, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, dump Meathead here real quick, and we'll call him back. We were breaking up a little bit there at the end, but I apologize. Uh, Look, as many of you know, I do cook on a pellet cooker from time to time, and the first thing I thought of when I got my pellet cooker was barbecuers to light wood pellets. Uh, Widely considered to be the pellet to go to when you have a pellet-fired cooker. Or maybe you're looking for something a little bit different than the standard wood chunks and chips. Pellets are exactly what you might be interested in. So head on over to BBQRSDelight.com and see what they have. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellet cookers or maybe you don't have one. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing a cast iron pot option which they have for available for sale there at barbecuers alike. You buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets. You load one third cup into the pot and then you place it into the cooker or grill and then you let that sweet smoke take care of the rest. Now here's something unique. You know when the pellets are made they're sterilized. They use compression when that generates heat that eliminates any type of uh, contamination that would be in the woods. So It's a sterile smoking product. It's dense, so it produces more smoke more quickly. And you're able to kind of mix and match. You want to use some hickory, an apple, maybe some uh, wine oak, whatever the case may be. They have like 14 or 15 different flavors. So you can almost customize it to the meat that you're cooking or the protein that you're cooking that particular time. And you always have the ability that you can just mix and match. You can't really mix and match too much with, like, chunks and chips. I mean, they take a while to burn. So here you can put in, you know, two-thirds of one, one one-third of another, or a third, a third, a third, or a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, whatever you like, and then you're off and running. So here's what you want to do. You grab barbecuers Delight wood pellets. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all the flavors they have and stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. Barbecuers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks like me bbqrsdelight.com that's bbqrsdelight.com All right, we're coming back uh, with more of Meathead stick around we'll be right back
3: get in the smoke call 877-448-0433 to get on the air now here's your host Greg Reppi
0: all right, coming back, 877 uh, 448 Greg at the and uh, we join Meathead again here. Uh, all right, so a good Chicago-style barbecue lesson there, uh, although we're kind of breaking up pretty bad, so I uh, apologize to the listeners there. Um, nevertheless, we've covered if you're looking, you're not cooking. Uh, we've got a little bit more history on Chicago-style barbecue, uh, one of the other things that we were going to talk about tonight, and I guess it seems pretty generic and up front, but maybe it's a more in-depth question than we all know, which, of course, is what is smoke? So go ahead and take it away.
2: Oh, you, uh, <laughs> I, I thought you wanted to talk about stainless steel. I, uh, I was just screaming on my notes on stainless steel.
0: I'm sorry. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm throwing you way off key, but I think smoke might be a little bit more of, a, of an interesting topic in this segment.
2: Well, I tell you what, um, that, I see we're running low on time, and that's a really interesting topic. And it is complicated because it comes to how smoke is generated, um, uh, combustion, pyrolysis, um, the compounds, uh, the gases. It's a really, really complex subject, and I, I, you know, I must confess, I didn't know much about it until I started researching it and talked with Dr. Blonder and others but I, I've, I've got a good handle on it. I've got it up on the website, and what I'd like to do is crib my notes before we get into it and also um, uh, have a little more time. So if you, if you don't mind, uh, you had asked originally about stainless steel. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, let, 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 let's talk about that because that's, that, that's something that uh, I get a question a lot about is should I buy stainless steel or enameled on my grill, and uh, what are the differences between stainless steel And again, I didn't know a lot about this. I have another person now who's full-time on on my staff, Max Good. Max is um, handling all my grill and uh, smoker reviews. And some of your listeners may have bumped into him because he's been making the rounds of competitions because we're going to try to describe uh, the differences between some of these large uh, competition-type smokers, although it's not really our thing. But uh, he's been covering uh, backyard grills and smokers a lot, and he looked into um, the differences in, in stainless steel, and we talked also to Blonder. And it's interesting. I mean, pretty much in the grill world, um, there's two types of stainless steel. There, there are many others, but pretty much two types of stainless steel, 304 and 430. 304 is the top end. It's the best. It's the heaviest. It's the least likely to rot. Um, it has um, a higher nickel content, um, uh, and it's non-magnetic. Um, so that's one of the ways you can tell. You can bring a little magnet with you and touch it to the stainless steel, and a magnet won't stick. 430 is ferritic, which is, means it has iron in it, ferrous metal in it. And um, magnets will stick to it. Not great, but they will stick to it. Um, uh, the the thing about looking at stainless steel grills or cookers is is that the 430 tends to be a sign from the manufacturer that they're trying to keep costs down, and they're trying to um, make it less expensive. If, if they're making 304 stainless, it's usually a sign that they're quality-oriented. They're building a machine to last. Um The other thing you want to look at is screws. Just because the body is stainless doesn't mean everything else is. And screws tend not to be stainless and tend to rust more quickly. So you want to look at that. Um, The other big thing is the thickness. Um, Look at, for example, uh, Weber gas grills. The hood, um, which is enamelized and the end panels are aluminum, um, are, is really thick, um, and that's going to retain heat. A lot of these stainless steel grills are really thin, and so they don't retain heat as well. So you want to look at the thickness. And usually if 304 is involved, it retains heat better. Um, 430, because it has some more um, steel in it, will will rot easier. Um, uh, so you and, it, and it's harder to clean up, you know. I'm not a huge fan of stainless steel because I don't clean my damn grills. Well, you know, there,
0: <laughs> there, seemed, to, there, there seemed to have been a huge push. I remember when I was, you know, it was probably just when I had started getting into or when I was first introduced to barbecue. Before that, I was only a griller. Um, I moved into my house that I live in now, unfortunately, uh, 11 or 12 years ago, and my wife bought me this Kenmore. Um, grill, and it you know a lot of space. it was like one of those uh, oval shaped burners. I thought it was a two burner, but you know it 's just one controlling the right side and the left side, just one burner, but it had a great size or um, initial grilling area, and then it had like two other like sub levels that wanted so you could do a whole bunch of things. but I used it so much I cooked right through the back of it inside of two and a half years um, to where you know the firebox on the back side I could actually push it in, and then my fingers poked right through it. So obviously, you know, and that grill was probably $199 when it came out, whatever the case may be. So then I bought a Weber Genesis Silver B, which I've had, you know, right along. It doesn't have, it's a three burner. It doesn't have that side burner, which I don't really like on any type of thing, or at least back in those days. And right about that time, uh, I was also introduced to barbecue. So I bought my first Weber Smoky Mountain. I was eyeing at Lowe's this Gen Air eight burner all stainless steel and it was like 1200 bucks at the time and I really wanted that one because I had a whole bunch of other cool stuff that probably was going to work like crap and then I started doing some research and I saw a lot of stainless steel that was getting discolored and I thought man why it looks great initially but why if I'm going to be cooking on this do I want something that looks like it has gone through a war. I'd rather have something that's just black, that's enamel coated, like all the the Weber regular stuff that you would know traditionally, that doesn't show, you know, any signs of wear and tear as long as I'm keeping up with the maintenance. What what is the deal with this discoloration of the stainless?
2: It's it's usually just a byproduct of that cheaper stainless. Um, it is stainless. Um, it is, um, uh, uh, you know, I mean. Not surgical instrument stainless. It's and um, it's going to discolor, and there's no, no amount of polishing shining going to bring it back.
0: So, when people ask me, I want to, or when they tell me I'm going to buy a stainless, I talk them out of it immediately. I say, Look, you know, you might actually be paying more. You think you're going to be getting all these benefits that you're not, and it's going to look really great for, depending on how you use it, a year, a year and a half, or less if you're using it a lot, especially on the cheaper stuff. Do you try and dissuade people from the stainless steel, or do you let them know ahead of time what they could be in for?
2: Well, yes and no. If it's 304 or the good quality stainless, it can really work. And, in fact, it's one of the mysteries of the Weber kettle, which, by the way, is 60 years Yes,
0: last week it turned 60, yes.
2: Um, the Weber kettle is painted all black. And so what is what happens? You put your stuff in there, and black absorbs heat. We don't need the Weber kettle to have hot sides. We want it to reflect. Uh, people who know my website or know me know that I have a real interest in photography. I do all my own photography. And actually, I have a master's in photography. Um, but um, photographers use reflectors that are white or silver. Because they reflect more light. So, for example, um, the new Mac Two Star Grill, um, they just sent me a sample to play with, and I love, it, absolutely love it. They went from a powder-coated fire base to a stainless steel fire base. And they're getting, I'm getting much more heat and more reflection of it. The hood is, is stainless. It's all 304. It's like built like solid. Um, so in that case, I think it makes sense. actually went meet it from to stainless steel and improve the performance of the unit. So I think some stainless makes sense. It depends on where I want to inside the firebox. Then, then, then of course you want to firebox. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
0: So, Mac sent you this one to, you know, we've talked about pellet cookers on the show. I mean, how does this compare to maybe some of the other ones that you've actually toyed around with?
2: Well, I've played with the Mac, I've played with the Memphis, i like the IPT, and uh, a couple of others. Chance to get my hands on a uh, um, uh which I hear really good things about. Um, the other one from Texas, which I hear things about. Uh, uh, but the Macs are really. The Macs are really uh, uh, performing beautifully. Hey, I'm I'm noticing in the uh, discussion board we're having problems with the sound.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the hell the problem is tonight. We're having a lot of uh, difficulty for some reason.
2: Can they get good Skype transmission from um, Syria? Uh, And uh, we can't get Chicago to function. (laughs)
0: I, I don't know. I like my uh, my my thought now is like next week I'm just gonna have everybody calling on the phone and I'm just gonna have pictures of everybody up. That might be the best way to go, I guess.
2: I've got one of these long distance plans that doesn't cost me. Anything. I'm happy to do that if it's uh if it works better. Um, nobody needs to see what my ugly mug on TV well, I
0: mean, everybody wants to see everybody I mean otherwise people wouldn't have demanded to have uh this show turn into some type of a video. I was very happy just being radio guy with nobody knowing what I look like, and everybody sees me and they want to run for the bathroom and throw up, which I understand I mean look God gave me this face There's nothing I can do about it, but maybe maybe the phone stuff might be better for the next time around i don't
2: know I try it I, I it's just that uh, you know both of us work hard and uh, it's too bad when uh, I see um, a stream of uh, comments from the uh, uh, the gallery here that uh, they can't understand and that we're breaking up and that they're hearing every other word. So
0: yeah, and you um, have you have too much good knowledge to only hear fifty percent of it.
2: <laughs> you know what about? Um, I want, doesn't Skype have a? We'll talk about this offline. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, we'll cut it short for tonight. Uh, we'll regroup. We'll, we'll come up with a better plan for next month. Uh, we'll talk about smoke for sure, and then I'm sure we can uh, drum up some other things. Uh, I'm going to have John Marcus on next week to talk about the new season of Pitmasters. There's already uh, influx about you know uh, guidelines of if you don't live in the state that it's going to be in, you can't try out. I mean, who knows? So we'll be able to to blow and expose this whole thing up next week.
2: The email I got said that they're looking just from five locations or something like
0: that? Yes, it, there was just, you know, a set amount of locations. And if you didn't live in that location, you weren't allowed to try out.
2: Yeah, isn't yeah. that it? I mean, I, you know, I'm one of my criticisms about it is, is it's too bad. They went to these cool barbecue cities in the mouth, and the We never got to see the city. Yep. Maybe they're going to get a regional thing. Maybe they're going to do a cook-off in Memphis. They're going to have only cooks from Memphis. And we're going to get to taste some Memphis barbecue vicariously by traveling. That would be very cool. I think that would be really cool. Well, to see Memphis and Memphis barbecue.
0: We'll see what uh, John Marcus has to say about that next week. Uh, however, we are talking with Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. Uh, Meathead, always appreciate the time and uh, thanks for coming out today.
2: My fun. My fun. Take care,
0: Cleveland. Larry, Cleveland Cavalier Basketball. That's right. Looking for another terrible season, no doubt. Not like those Chicago Bulls. Apologize, folks, for the the bad uh, deal there. I'm not sure what the hell's going on. Maybe phone is the way to go. Phone and pictures. So everybody like phone and pictures? I know what everybody likes. Automatic temperature-controlled devices made by the barbecue guru. Uh, they are the longest running sponsor of the show. If you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices, pull the trigger with the Barbecue Guru. They're the ones that came up with this technology. Why would you buy it from somebody else? It's patently ridiculous. Now, maybe you're not familiar with what automatic pit temperature control devices and the Barbecue Guru can do for you. Maybe you're a busy working professionally. You don't have time to sit around and feed a fire all day because you got to go make sales calls. You got to go cure a disease or do brain surgery whatever it is that you do during the course of the day but you want to have barbecue when you get home this is great you can throw on a pork butt you can throw on some brisket a couple racks of ribs turn that barbecue guru to the pit temperature you want to cook at and then boom you're off to do whatever it is that you want to do get done what you need to get done the barbecue guru has your back while it mines the pit temperature they also have cutting edge technology you've heard me talk about it for the last few weeks The CyberQ Wi-Fi unit. So if you have the ability to connect to a Wi-Fi connection. A lot of contests have Wi-Fi now. Pretty much standard in like all homes now with any type of Internet connection. So you get that Wi-Fi going. Then if you have a tablet or a netbook or a laptop or a smartphone, you have the ability now to not even have to leave your bed to check anything during the course of the night. You want to check and see what your pit temperature is at. You want to check and see where your meat temperature is at. You launch that little website on your smartphone or your tablet or your notebook, whatever the case may be. And you can see right there, even in the convenience of your own bed, your pit temperature is at X. Your up to three meat probes. All those internal temperatures are at X, Y, and Z. Maybe you're cooking a little hot. You don't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning to take that meat off and rest it. You can dial back that temperature if you want to. You have that control, or maybe you're running out of time. Kick it up a little bit. All things you can do with the CyberQ Wi-Fi. It's cutting-edge technology right now, right here today. You go visit the website, thebbqguru.com. You check out all the products. If you have any questions on what to order, you can call them directly at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. They do have that after-sale support as well that I know a lot of people like. TheBBQGuru.com, The Barbecue the Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we'll wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Get in the smoke. Call 877 448 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: uh, closing the show down thanks to Meathead again for joining me last couple segments we talked about if you're looking you're not cooking so I don't know if we necessarily debunked a myth but we did realize that it's not adding 15 minutes uh, to the cook each and every time that you open it a lot of it has to do with how much and how long it's open so take it for what it's worth he said if you leave it open for a minute or two During a 10-hour cook, you're going to add roughly about 12 minutes overall. So negligible, to say the least. But as with anything, you don't want it to sit there and just run wide open all day long and twice on Sunday. That's when things will get out of whack. Uh, Stainless steel, make sure you're watching the grades. A 304 is the top grade. So make sure that you're getting that. Looks like Shelly is inviting strange people on the internet to her hotel room. (laughs) Shelly, careful with that. Craig is uh, circling in like uh, he smelled blood in the water. Uh, next time, we'll, we'll get the... Well, as best we can, look, we're dealing with the Internet here. That's the most insufferable thing about this technology. If this was real radio, uh, well, there would be no Skype whatsoever. So when Skype works, it's great, but when it doesn't, it's not that great. Then you have people in the chat room that are whining and complaining. Uh, this is real live Internet stuff. This is happening live. So we work with it best we can, me and my crew of me... <laughs> So, we'll try a phone next week and we'll see how that works. Might be better. Very happy to try it. Want to give you guys the best experience you could possibly ever have on the face of the earth. And I mean it goddamn. All right, let's recap who we had on tonight. We had Jay Reader, 420Q, at the 9 o'clock hour. We also had Jim Shaheen, writer of the Washington Post Smoke Signals blog. He talked a little bit about Chicago style barbecue, fish tank smokers. He ate at some of the higher-end places as well, but missed the rib fest that he was very sad A uh, Second out, we had Meathead. AmazingRibs.com. Most influential barbecue and grilling site second to this show. Thank you. Again, AmazingRibs.com, a plethora, a veritable cornucopia of barbecue and grilling information if you want to check it out. And you can find Meathead here once a month. Uh, before we leave, if you use raw cast iron... Every time you cook on it, as it starts to cool down, of course, get all that crap off of it. And then hit with a little pan, a little Crisco, let it bake in, re-season it each and every time. That'll keep the rust away. You can hand those cast iron grates down generation to generation if you want after that point. Because we know once rust gets on it, it's trouble for everyone. Trouble for everyone! So do yourself a favor and help the rusty grill grate population by re-seasoning those cast iron grates each and every time. Also, September 11th. 2001. I will never forget. John Marcus on next week, Robin Lindar's on next week, plus more. So stay tuned. Follow me on the Twitter. Hit me up on the Facebook. Subscribe to the newsletters of bbqcentralshow.com until we meet again next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.